This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 314, Business Formation Strategies with Sherry Hill. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Wait a minute, you didn't know we had a YouTube channel? That's right, we put content that we don't put anywhere else on YouTube, and you need to see it to believe it. So be sure to follow, like, and subscribe our channel so you won't miss a thing. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode. When I was a kid, I just wanted to be like Robin. You know, the sidekick to Batman. I thought he was just the coolest. Sure, Batman had all the swagger, the lunchboxes, everything, but Robin was always there to save the day and even save Batman from time to time. I just loved his super cool outfit, those strangely uncomfortable looking masks and shoes, but most importantly, I loved Robin's haircut. Something about that wave he had in his bangs made him look like he could both save the day and crush a photo shoot at the same time. So, one afternoon, left to my own six-year-old devices, I grabbed a pair of scissors from the kitchen and went to my room and began my labor of love, perfectly sculpting my locks of scrubby hair. I made a perfect, I'm talking perfect rendition of Robin's haircut on top of my noggin. I thought it looked perfect. I truly did. But my mom, she had other opinions. And my first grade school photo enshrined my little experiment for all eternity on the annals of the elementary school yearbook. Now, how many of us have attempted to do something ourselves when we had no idea what we were really doing? Like me with a pair of scissors in my hand. I have a feeling a lot of people listening to this podcast have a propensity to engage in DIY solutions. One of my favorite financial strategies is something called bank on yourself, for goodness sakes. I suppose it was barber on yourself when I was six years old. But of course, there are times in your life, maybe you could think of them too, where you could go back when you really needed expert help to guide you through a complex situation, but you barreled on through and messed everything up. When were you picking up the scissors in your business or your own personal finances, much to the chagrin of people who could have been there to help you avoid a lot of pain and embarrassment? Well, our guest today, Sherry Hill, we call her the Wealth Protection Diva, has been a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist for the past 30 years as president and CEO of Sage International. It's a company honored to play a consistent role in supporting the economic engine driving this country, small businesses, which are the backbone of America. Sherry has mastered the art of teaching entrepreneurs how to effectively start, grow, and exit a successful business because she's personally worked with thousands of business owners, entrepreneurs, real estate investors, professionals, and nonprofit founders by putting a solid foundation under each of their dreams. So with all that, you're going to love this conversation with the absolutely wonderful Sherry Hill. Take it away, Sherry. Sherry Hill, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. So good to be here and connect with you again. I love it. 
<laughs> yeah, thank you. I had the great privilege of being on your radio show, um, and it was an awesome time. Now, tell us, where have you been since, Where and what do you do for your clients? Yeah, so my company, Sage International, we're based in Reno, Nevada. Uh, we just celebrated 30 years in June. Congratulations. Really, yeah, really honored and so happy because when I think back of all the people that I've worked with over the course of those decades, I mean, to date, we probably set up over 50,000 companies, right? Wow. So we form corporations, LLCs in all 50 states way back when there were no LLCs. So we really, what I say is we put the foundation under the business owner's dream. So people come to me, they want to start a business, they're going to buy a business, they're going to invest in real estate. What is that foundation they need in order to protect their assets and grow their wealth effectively? So mm. that's what I do. I form companies and we do it day in and day out. So I figure, Mark, in 30 years, I've asked a million questions and I've answered a million questions. And so there, I consider myself an expert in formation and what to do with those entities, uh, which I imagine we'll talk more about, you know, once you've got it, what do you do with it? So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I have to know what are some with a million questions asked <laughs> and a million answers given over these years. What are the common themes that you're finding makes or breaks a business's success? First and foremost, I can tell usually within about one minute whether someone is going to be successful in business or they're already in failure before they begin. And a lot of that is attitude. And so you and I are experts in what we do. And of course, I'm surrounded by experts in tax and finance and insurance and all those kinds of things. And when somebody comes to me and they either know it all, they don't want help, they don't want to pay for that expertise, I already know they're in failure because we can't do it all. I don't do my own payroll. I don't provide my own insurance. I don't do my own taxes. I want those people who are expert, stay current on the laws, know what's going on to do that work. And so that really is my biggest thing is when people are ready to start a business, this is the foundation. This is from which everything is going to be built. You want that freedom, that lifestyle, that flexibility, that wealth, that retirement, that legacy, whatever it is, you got to have a solid foundation. And if you're not willing to invest in that and surround yourself with the right people who know what they're doing, then you're going to struggle and probably not be successful or as successful. Wow, that's well said. And, you know, that cuts to the bone, I think, of really the either success or failure. You've seen, no doubt, plenty of businesses fail. And you said that you helped put the foundation under the business owner's dream. I just love that image. Uh, give us some tangibles. Bring that down the ladder. What's it like to do kind of the day-to-day -day over at your offices? Yeah, so typically it all starts with a phone call, usually a referral in from someone who says, hey, Sherry helped me set up my business. This is who you should go talk to. So it always starts with, I do a free 30-minute consult because I want to know who they are, what they're doing, where they're doing it. Are they doing it with anybody else? What's the goals? 
And in that conversation, I can determine, are you a real estate investor? Are you a professional? Are you someone who's starting a plumbing company or are you an artist? So what right. is the right entity? Uh, obviously, LLCs are the go-to entity for most people, but I still, believe it or not, form corporations because they're going to have investors or they want to go public or they have a lot of reasons why we don't want taxation to flow down to them personally. So once we determine the right entity taxed in the right way, then we actually do the work, we collect all the fees, and then we do the formation at the state. Right. So we'll file the articles. We're the registered agent. We get their tax ID number. We provide them with all the documents related to that entity. And then once we have shipped all that to them, then we're having another conversation about what are those next steps? What's next? So when I said it's easy to start a business, now how do you stay in business? Those are those next steps. Mm. What's it going to take? I think other categories of professional offices that do some things like what you do, but you also bring to the table some expertise that other categories wouldn't. I'm thinking about like business attorneys. I'm thinking about accountants. Where do they stop and you start and where do they, you stop and they start, so to speak? Show us those boundaries, please. Yeah. So I work with a lot of tax professionals, right? So I'm going to get everything set Next step is go get your bank account open. Once you have your bank account open, guess what? Now bookkeeping and accounting begins. So you need those professionals who are going to get you set up with your uh, chart of accounts and then help you to really understand based on you, your industry, what are the things that you can write off, setting up payroll, all those kinds of things. Attorneys I use for, hey, you want a contract, you need a buy-sell agreement, you're going to do a 1031 exchange, those kinds of things. I want to use the people who have the legal background to do that kind of work. Also in the living trust arena, yes. right? So mm -hmm. estate planning attorneys, I refer out to a lot of estate planning attorneys. And so I always get concerned when you know, I, I see CPAs or other people, they're trying to do the entity work. And it's like, you have so much work. How do you stay track of? And then we do a ton of cleanup because <laughs> of all of that, of everybody trying to be everything to everybody. Give us a horror story. You know, if you can think of one off the top of your head, give us a horror story of a time when someone messed it all up in terms of entity formation, business entity formation. Mark, the beauty of this is I never have to make anything up. This happened last week. So we get a call from um, a client who has a friend. <laughs> so what these people did is they were, they're in hotels and this was California. And so they sold their hotel to another group of investors. Well, during the course of that, there was a pending lawsuit. And so in this, in their mind, because they sold that hotel and the entity now that was holding it, the LLC was empty, they dissolved it with the state of California. Problem, litigation, there's a lawsuit against that LLC. So the attorney tells them, oh my gosh, no, you got to keep that LLC current because it's has a, has a lawsuit pending. 
So instead, what they did is they went out and filed a brand new LLC with the exact same name. Because it already mm-hmm. dissolved the other one. They filed a brand new one with the exact same name, went to the attorney, said, well, let's just use this one. Attorney says, no, you cannot. This is the legal entity being sued. This tax ID number, you cannot. So we get the phone call. What can we do? How do we fix this? So I called up uh, the Secretary of State. I was able to have a really good conversation. And it turns out that in order to bring a defunct entity current in the state of California, you have to go into court, superior court, to get a release or some kind of permission to say, no, you can bring this piece of paper back to the Secretary of State so they'll bring this back together. Now, remember, we already have another entity file with the exact same name. So now the state can't bring this entity current because there's already one with the exact same name. (laughs) When I laid out out to uh, our client who has this friend, um, we've not heard back from them. But so you can see, if they had made a phone call to us right from the start to say, what should I do? Should I dissolve this entity because I've sold? One of the first questions I always ask, do you have any pending litigation? Do you have any assets left within that LLC? Do not dissolve. Don't do anything until all that's taken care of. What they did is went out and look how much time and energy and, co- and what's going to end up happening because they did all this. They're going to be personally liable for that lawsuit. Wow. They dissolved the entity that was the shield in front of them. They formed some entity wow. that doesn't make any sense. And how long does it take to get in front of a judge superior court in the state of California? I don't think it's tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> so they're going to eat it. Yeah. And all because, A, they didn't know what they were doing. They obviously didn't talk to their attorney or us. So the lesson learned here is call Sherry and say, here's what I'm thinking about doing. Yes. Rather than than calling Sherry and saying, here's what I just did. Absolutely. That, I could have saved them so much time and energy. Uh, and imagine the stress. Absolutely. Well, and the cost of their bank account, because they're they're going to end up have, being personally liable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, you know, case in point as to why this is so important. So maybe start, and I, I got us neck deep into this topic, but I want us to kind of zoom back out a bit. What is entity formation? Let's say we're talking to someone who wants to quit the day job. They want to go entrepreneurial. They don't understand whether, what is an LLC? What is an S corp? Um, you know, just kind of give us the high level of what this is, how it works, why it's important. So most people understand LLCs in this day and age, because that's the bulk of what's being filed. So a limited liability company is born out of state statute. And the state says, when we file articles, you get this birth certificate called LLC articles, right? Which now opens the door for you to do business under that company name. So we get a tax ID number attached to that LLC. We provide operating agreement, all the documents, so I can walk into a bank and open up an account under that business name. I may need a business license under that business name. If I have employees, I'm going to hire those employees under that business name and pay whatever those state employment uh, taxes as well as federal. So operating through an LLC essentially is 
It's not me, Sherry Hill anymore, doing business like a sole proprietor. I now have this box around me that says I'm doing business as a company. It helps me establish credibility. It helps me build a brand. It helps me uh, write off certain business-related expenses that I wouldn't get to do if I was just as a sole proprietor. It allows me to contract with other companies under that company name. And it allows me to do pretty much anything except vote and get married. Those are the only two things <laughs> a business cannot do. Mm -hmm. Do everything else. So once we have that foundation in place, now when you think about it and you go, well, how am I going to go out and generate revenue? So generating revenue is I'm going to sell a product, a service, I'm uh, investing in real estate, whatever it is that I'm doing. When I have that LLC box wrapped around that stream of income, I protect it, right? Mm -hmm. Because if I get in trouble as an individual, they can't just pierce through the LLC. If I get in trouble as the LLC, they can't just pierce through back to my personal assets. So anyone that's in business, especially if you're, you know, your revenue is in excess of anything over $50,000, $60,000 a year, it makes sense to start the incorporation process. Every state is a little different. Uh, that's why we're experts in all 50 states, because some requirements are unique to each state and what we have to provide and what we have to pay. But from the bigger uh, perspective is once you're in business, now you're operating with that shield in front of you for that liability insulation that everyone in this country should be excited that we have. <laughs> Absolutely. It's uh, one more reason to really love the protections around the contract. And uh, as you you might know, being a, a bank on yourself professional, I, I love contracts as far as what it helps us do when it comes to creating wealth. So um, when do I need to do an LLC and when should I do a S Corp or a C Corp or even something else? Yeah. So the entity is the LLC or the corporation, how we choose to tax it. So that's an election we're going to make with the IRS. So if I want to be taxed like an S, I make an election with the IRS. And really, Mark, what it changes is how does the company report and pay tax and how do I pay myself? Mm -hmm. So through a regular LLC disregarded, it's like I'm taxed like a sole proprietor. I can just take money in, business-related expenses. I need money. I write myself a check right? Or use a debit card. It's all mine. It's all reported on my personal tax return. If I take an S election, now income comes in, business-related expenses. How I pay myself is I become a W-2 employee out of my own business. So I can take some as payroll, some as distribution. The reason I want to do that is because it's how I reduce self-employment tax. I control how much tax I want to pay, I control how much I want to pay myself, and I'm paying taxes as I go. I want to just point out what you said. You said, I control how much tax I pay. I just want everyone to hear that very clearly. That is a big statement right there and can mean a big deal to your tax bottom line. Okay, so forgive me for interrupting, Sherry. Yeah, no. So I was going to say, so you, you and I both talk to people who operate as sole proprietors, and of course, our goal is to try and help them understand why that's not the best route. 
So as a sole proprietor, if I don't pay those quarterly estimated taxes, what happens in April? I get a nasty yeah. tax surprise, right? Mm -hmm. And I have no ability to reduce my taxes or do anything different. Whereas if I'm an ass, I can, you know, here's how much I want to pay myself in wages. So I'm paying taxes as I go. Here's how much I want to take an owner distribution at the end of the year. The goal is to zero out by the end of the year, right? So I don't have tax liability flowing down to me personally to report and pay tax on. So LLC disregarded, LLC partnership, LLC taxes and S all flow down. I, the owner, am responsible to report and pay the tax. C Corporation is the only entity that reports and pays its own tax. It doesn't flow through. So as I said, there are certain times when I'm going to uh, recommend that we form a C-Corp. If somebody comes to me and says, you know what, in my first year of business, I'm already going to be making three to $4 million because I'm selling this dramatic product that's you know patented and everybody wants it. I want to put them in a C-Corp right away so we can control at the company level, the income, the revenue, the expenses, the payroll, and always with the goal again to pay only my fair share of tax. Love it. I think each person needs to have that conversation with you about which of these entities makes most sense. Okay, so that brings us to today. And we've gone through a massive overhaul in the world with regard to the global pandemic called COVID. Uh, we've seen some dramatic shifts in terms of uh, work style, lifestyle, where people are choosing to live their lives. Uh, the the very nature of us having this conversation over a video conference right now is just further proof that you can do business anywhere, including your own living room if you want to. And that's meant a lot of people have moved and re relocated their business as well as their personal lives. Are you seeing that from your perspective? Are people moving and cho choosing to live in different states uh, and opening up businesses in different states? Absolutely. We have moved a lot of people out of the state of California. They're moving to Texas, to Florida, North Carolina, anywhere in the Midwest, usually going from a very high tax state to a low or no tax state. And so the beautiful thing, there are many states where I can do what's called redomestication. So I can pick up that existing business in the state originally incorporated and domesticate it in the new state. So I keep the same company, same tax ID, same history, same everything, but I let go of it out of the one state. So there are steps that I have to go through in order to do that. So yes, I'm seeing a lot of that going on. Still seeing a lot of real estate investing because a lot of these people are selling not just their business or relocating. They have investment real estate in a lot of these states. So many are... 1031ing out of whatever that particular uh, community and then 1031ing into where they're going. So we're doing a lot of entity work in those types of transactions, which is really fun and interesting because, um, you know, my goal is always to keep it simple for people to make sure they know what all their options are. Does it make sense to re-domesticate or does it make sense to start something new? 
again, it takes a conversation. Very good. Well, and that's exactly what I want to introduce you to our audience is to see if this makes sense for them to have a conversation with you. Uh, as we wrap up this episode, thank you for all this awesome insight and wisdom. Uh, how can folks find you, meet with you, and uh, how, what would you do in terms of helping serve uh, our audience today? Yeah, so the best thing is to call our office. I have an 800 number, 800-254-5779. Schedule your free 30-minute consultation with me. I always love it because I travel vicariously through all these conversations uh, so I get to go where you are, right? Or if you want to do Zoom, it's up to the client. Uh, that's one way. If they want to find out more information just about who I am and what I do, they can always go visit the website at sageintl.com. Uh, but the best way is always that one-on-one -on -one conversation, and, and I just love it. So, well, Very good. And you've uh, been a best-selling author. Uh, of a book called Incorporate and Get Rich. And you have the weekly radio show, SherryHillShow.com is where you can find that online. Even if you're not on terrestrial radio, you can find her show there, guys. That's SherryHillShow.com. Uh, Sherry, thank you so much for coming on our show today. Well, Mark, always a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you again, Sherry, for coming on our show today and sharing your wisdom. You know, guys, it really struck me just how getting things set up from the get-go makes things a lot easier on you and your life and your business if you do it right from the start. Whether you're getting up early to avoid congestion and morning traffic, or working out each day to avoid health issues in the future, or pulling weeds before they become overwhelming, setting yourself up on a successful trajectory is something that it seems Sherry could really help all of us with, really, in our businesses and more. Second takeaway I had from this episode, the significant amount of time and energy and attention that Sherry has given to helping businesses over 30 years really struck me here today as we looked at different entity formations like LLCs, S-Corps, or C-Corps. I don't want that wisdom wasted. You know, if I can save myself 30 years by working with her, that just saved me three decades, and I'm three decades farther along toward my goals. Third, protecting yourself from lawsuits or other bad actors early on can really help save you a lot of pain and heartache. Some of the stories she shared were just jaw-dropping. So if you can set yourself up now to avoid that heartache later on, that's going to be a great win for you. Next, moving a business is not as hard as you think. If you need to move out of a state to the right state where your business can thrive, that's just as important to the success for your business as it might mean moving your personal body, yourself, your family, whatever, to another state so that you have the right outcomes. You know, this is your one life to live. So live it in a place where you can be treated the best. Thank you very much, Sherry. And thank you everyone for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your business, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.